Praise the Lord. It's good to be here today. Yes. Amen. Good to be among my brothers and sisters in Christ once again. Amen. 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 Um, while we remain standing, I want us to uh, I want to have a moment of prayer, if you will. Um, we've got a, a friend of the family. Uh, his, uh, his name is John Strangeway, a uh, friend of the, the Walker family. And um, his brother was, uh, they found out last night, has a, uh, I guess it's a, a brain tumor. And um, he is in ICU right now, and they've asked that we would uh, say a prayer for him today. And so I would like for us to pray. If there are any others today that you need a, a special touch, why don't you just lift your hand right now, and as we pray, why don't we just ask God to move in these situations. Yes. Listen, we still serve a healing God. Yes. Yes. Amen. So right now, why don't we just go to the Lord in prayer and just ask God to do to do some miracles today. Yes. Lord, we do love you, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, God. God, you're so good to us. Lord, and you heal sometimes. Lord, and we go and touch you right now, God. Lord, we ask you to touch you, Lord. Lord, you see him without a deal, Lord. God, you know the need in the heart, God. Lord, what the situation is, God. Lord, Lord, what is needed in that situation, God. Lord, we're asking for a miracle right now, God. Lord, and we also call on you right now, God, throughout this sanctuary right now, God. If there are us here today, God, Lord, that are sick, Lord, that need a touch from you, God, that need a miracle in their bodies, in their minds, God, in their minds, Lord, we're asking you to release healing in this place right now, God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, just release it right now, Lord, of God, and do a work, God. Lord, that only you were able to do, God. Oh, Lord, and we thank you for it, God. And we give you praise and honor and worship you today, God, because, Lord, you do not change. God, and you are and always have been the Almighty God. Lord, and we thank you and we praise you and we worship you today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't we just put it clarification no. yes. <laughs> for, for those of you that were here Tuesday night I may need to work on my enunciation because I had some people that were um, confused about something that I said and I just want to clarify in case anybody else was I did not say that the priest did not wear a robe 
into the Holy of Holies. I said rope with a P. I hope that no one has been uh, uh, been troubled by this in their mind uh, throughout the rest of the week. I, I will try to enunciate more clearly. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> now, having cleared that up, let's get into the word of the Lord. <laughs> I want to read one passage of scripture uh, to begin today, and that is from 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse, verse 6. And probably most of us could quote the scripture. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Yes. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Mm -hmm. And with the help of the Lord, I, I want to speak to us today uh, a sermon that I've titled, Peace Has a Partner. Why don't we just uh, pray and just ask God right now to, to bless this and anoint this and open our hearts and our minds that we can receive. Lord, God, we come before you right now, Lord. God, I ask that you would anoint my lips today, God. Lord, open our hearts and our minds to you, God, that we can receive from you today, God, all that you desire, God, in our life, God. Lord, we thank you for it, God. We want your anointing and your will to be done in this service today, God. In Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you greet someone around you as you're seated today? spoke just a few weeks ago uh, on on the topic of peace and um, the, the Lord's just really been uh, dealing with me that there are that there's a, a a little bit deeper that we need to go into 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 this specific topic and so today I want to talk about the partner to peace which is contentment um, in the very early morning hours this morning, the Lord woke me up and, and began talking to me about a scripture. And um, there's actually several accounts of this that are recorded in the Gospels. But in Mark chapter 4, uh, verses 39 and 40, we find the account of where uh, the disciples and Jesus were in the ship or in the boat. And they were uh, going across the waters and all of a sudden the storm came up and, and the winds began to blow and the waves began to crash into the boat. Some of the accounts talk about how the, the boat was filled in the, and, and it was in peril of sinking. And so they went to Jesus. And verse 39 says, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have 
no faith. And I thought it was interesting as, as, as I began looking at this, I began contemplating this and studying this out, that the scripture there, when, it, when the Lord asked them about being so fearful, that goes hand in hand with contentment. And it, it, goes, uh, it goes along with trusting God. Amen. I was... Uh, uh, <clears throat> I wasn't surprised. It was a, a, a good feeling this morning that we're in here and we're singing. And, and throughout the course of uh, worship this morning, there were several times that, that the, the phrase would come up about trusting in God. Let my trust in you grow stronger. Let my trust in you. And when, when we talk about com, uh, contentment, it goes right along with Proverbs 3 and 5, which says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. I want to just take a few moments today, and hopefully I'll be able to impart something to us today that will help us, that we can not only enjoy the peace of God, but that we can have great contentment in our life. The secret to Christian peace and contentment is not a secret. It's not concealed knowledge only revealed to, to people who have achieved a, a very high degree of holy enlightenment. No, no, it's not that. What has been viewed as a secret is hidden in plain sight throughout the scriptures. And it's available to anyone who is willing to believe it. So the key to this, no, God has not only gone public with this, but he invites us and longs for us to know what the key is. He doesn't want us to merely know what the key is, not merely to, to preach it, to explain it, to enjoy the idea of it, or to even wish for it. But he wants us to know it by experience. Jesus described the kind of experience that he wants us to know at two different places. The scripture talks about this kind of an experience that Jesus wants us to have with this. Luke 12 tells us, he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, Neither, uh, or yeah, what ye shall eat, neither for the body, what ye shall put on. And if you drop down to verse 29, it says, And seek not what ye shall eat, and what ye, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. Is there anyone here today that, that you're confused about the fact that God knows your needs. No. God sees right where you are and knows exactly what you need. Amen. He knows what you're Amen. facing. He knows, he, he knows what has been bombarding and, and waging war against your mind this week. He knows the things that have you troubled. Yes. And just as a natural father, a good, 
a good, healthy, natural father would, would want to move in and be able to, to help in those situations. Our heavenly father so much more Amen. desires yes. to come in and move in your life and take away those things that are troubling your mind. Yes. Those things Amen. that are waging war against you. Amen. He wants you to have peace. Amen. But in order to have peace, we have to find contentment. Mm -hmm. You see, peace is something that God gives us. Mm -hmm. But contentment is something that we have to yes. bring up within ourselves. Yes. It's yes. something that we have to get hold of and say, no matter what state I'm in. Come on now. Yes. Yes. continues on and says, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock. I love the writing there. Fear not, little flock. In other words, he's just putting us at peace, saying, listen, the good shepherd is just kind of kind of wrapping his arms around the flock and saying, come here, come here. The big bad wolf's not going to get you. You don't have to be afraid. Come on in here where it's safe. That's what God's telling us here. Amen. For it is your Father's good pleasure yes. to give you the kingdom. Yes. Amen. Hmm. The other place that, that speaks about this in Scripture is, is actually Paul and his writing, and he's in prison. And he shared this experience of, 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 of his experience with the key to contentment with anybody that would listen. He said, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Amen. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Right where you are today, whatever situation you're in, you can find contentment. Yes. 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 And that doesn't mean that you're giving up hope, mm -hmm. that you don't have dreams, mm -hmm. that you don't have aspirations, mm -hmm. but you have learned that I can be content right here, right now, yes. and know that God is going to take care of me. Yes. Yes. Amen. Paul continued on saying, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then the scripture that so many times we like to quote, but we don't like to look at it in context here, is I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. We love that part. We like to quote that and say, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. But the writer is doing this from a prison cell. Right. Oh, wait a minute. I, I don't want to prove that one, God. <laughs> Listen, as long as things are going right, I'm going to be on the mountaintop. I'm going to say, yes, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. But let some adversity come my way, and am I still going to be able to say the same word? Am I still going to be able to, to share the same message? That listen, my God is still God. He's still on the throne. He still loves me. He still sees me. He still cares 
See, the, the key to contentment is very simple. It doesn't require heroic acts of piety. No, in fact, it requires a childlike response from us. And the key is summed up in this simple phrase that's found in Proverbs chapter 3. That says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Yes. Oh, trust in the Lord. See, and that's where contentment, it, it takes us. God can't give us contentment. It takes us learning to be content. And knowing that it doesn't matter where I am, I still trust in the Lord. Oh, he may not have answered that prayer yet. Sister Susan? Yes. He may not have answered that prayer, and you still may be waiting to see that loved one say. The answer is underway. Oh. See, that's trusting in the Lord. That's trusting in the Lord, knowing that, listen, it may not have happened yet. But I'm content right where I am. Mm, yes. I'm going to live for God. Yes. I'm going to serve God. Yes. I'm going to keep on keeping on. Yes. And it's going to be all right yes. because yes. I trust in God. Yes. I know that He is faithful. Yes. And He's not going to change. Amen. Hallelujah. Could it really be so simple? Yes, it, it really is that simple. Just trust God. Mm -hmm. It's so simple. Yeah. But it's reality, reality is revolutionary. Mm -hmm. When we really get a hold of trusting in God, it'll revolutionize our way of thinking. It'll revolutionize our life. Yeah. See, God designed us to operate on trust. That's right, yes. That is, that is the basis that he created us on. We are supposed to trust. Yes, right. We are reasoning creatures that are made in God's image. Amen. But see, God did not make us little gods. Right. He made us in small measure like himself. Mm. In a small measure like God. He did not give us his capacity to contain all knowledge and all wisdom. As much as some people think that they know everything. Yes. They don't. No. <laughs> some people that think that they are the, the wisest of the wise. They're not as wise as God. They don't have all wisdom. No, that's right. We only contain very small amounts of each. Mm. And on a little side note, I can personally say that I think that amount is shrinking some <laughs> with, 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 within our world. Yes. Not here, not you. <laughs> Nor did God give us his power to bring into being 
whatever we wish. That's right. Mm. The, the concept of name it and claim it, that ain't so. That's no, the truth. Right. Bible talks about when we don't receive something, it could be because we're asking amiss. That's right. We're asking out of line. We're, we're out of order. Yes. We're, we're not asking for something that agrees with God and His kingdom. Yes. Our power is limited. God designed us to trust him in whatever knowledge, wisdom, and strength that he's provided us and to trust his knowledge, wisdom, and strength when ours reaches its limit. Yeah. Have you ever been to that point in your life where your, your knowledge, your wisdom, your strength, your abilities seemed to reach their limit and you didn't know what to do? That's when trust comes in and says, God, I can't figure it out. I need your help. And being able at that moment to trust and an all-knowing, all-powerful, omnipresent, omniscient God and know that when I'm at my, at my very... The, the very end of my physical limits. Oh, God's just beginning His work. Yeah. There's nothing that my God can't do. Amen. See, what happened with Adam and Eve in, in the garden is that they broke trust with God by eating the forbidden fruit. They decided, no, what you gave me is not enough. I, I need more because I don't trust you. When they did this, they unhinged their reasoning from reality. And besides living in a world subjected to futility, as Romans talks about for us, we live in a futile world. You ever, you ever felt that way that, man, everything going on around us is just futile? It's just, it's nonsense and it's just, it's going nowhere. Yes. See, that, that brought all that on, but they also had to deal with the overwhelming complexities of the knowledge of good and evil without the capabilities of understanding wisdom and knowledge and strength. Right. So they couldn't process what, 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 what they began to uh, be able to get a hold of. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. that's right. And that's frustrating. Mm -hmm. Most of us here today, if, if someone gave you a, 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 a chunk of, of quartz, that had a, a, a vein of gold running through it, you wouldn't be able to, to reach in and get a hold of the gold and bring it out. You wouldn't know how to process it. You would know maybe that, that there was that, that vein of gold that was in there, but you couldn't, uh, you couldn't understand. You weren't capable of extracting that and getting the benefit of it. 
That's what happened when they ate from that tree. There was knowledge and wisdom that they, that they had at their fingertips, but they couldn't process it. We still can't process it because we don't have the wisdom of God. Amen. We are not capable of understanding His ways. The scripture says that His ways are beyond finding out. His wisdom is more than something that we can reach out and get a hold of and, and, and bring it into our, our limited mind and be able to understand what he's doing and what he's thinking. Amen. So the story of redemptive history that, that, that culminated in Jesus' birth, death, resurrection is God undoing the catastrophe of the garden and restoring sinful humans to holiness and once again trusting in him with all their heart. That's what God is working in us, trying to get us to trust him so that we can learn to be content. No matter who we are, no matter what our gifts and abilities, no matter what our background, it really does come down to trusting God with all of our heart. Yes. If we trust Him, our hearts will not be troubled by sin. That's right. If we trust Him. John 14 and 1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Mm -hmm. Jesus is once again declaring, listen, believe in me. Trust me. Trust the things that I'm saying. Trust my word. Yes. Amen. And trusting is simple, but it's by no means easy. Yeah. It's a simple concept, but it's not easy to do. It's not easy to put into practice. Why is trusting and obeying, for that matter, so hard? Well, if you look at it, the devil's treachery and Adam and Eve's fall from grace is why God chose to save us by grace through faith and not through our works. Okay? It's his grace. He has to do it. We have to have faith and be obedient to God, but he has to do it. Right. And he's faithful, and he wants to do it. Right. And he will do it if we're obedient. Amen. Amen. God is looking for trust. Now, I don't want anyone to get me wrong. Our works are important. In fact, they're crucial because they show that we trust God. There's some that will tell you all oh, works don't matter. Yes, they do. They do matter because that's our act of obedience to God. That's us showing, listen, God, I, I trust your word, and so I'm obedient to your word, yes. and I'm, a, I'm obeying and being you know, compliant with your word yes. because I trust you. You said that if I do this, you'll do that. God's word is so filled with promises that are dependent on our obedience. Right. How many of you here have ever learned the, the, the whole concept of sowing and reaping? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I learned a long, long time ago 
that if I'm faithful to God, God is faithful to me. Every time. And there is no way that with my limited resources, I can outgive a God that owns everything. God knows that our living and simple trust in Him is going to be hard for us in this age. Jesus promised that it would be hard. Okay? It's hard because we're called to trust Jesus, demonstrated by our obeying Jesus, in a world under the power of the evil influences that reject and hate Jesus. Right. Yes. And we're doing all of that while we're living in a body of death that has faithless impulses. Mm -hmm. Oh, come on, don't look at me that way. <laughs> you know good and well there's moments where your faith wavers a little bit. I know. But, but what if? If your faith never wavered, we wouldn't be able to have a, a, a building large enough to house the people that would be in this place. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. Because the power of God, the miracles of God, the working of God would just be explosive. Yes. But our faith, we have those, those moments, those little, however brief they are, impulses of faithlessness. And so that makes it difficult for us. Romans chapter 7 addresses this a little bit. Beginning in verse 22, it says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. There, there's a war that we're waging within this flesh. That's right. <laughs> And he, he kind of sums it up by saying, Oh, wretched man that I am! Have you ever felt that way? I have. I, I've looked at myself and my actions and I've said, Oh, what a wretched man I am! Who shall deliver me from this body of death? I, I wake up sometimes in the morning and I'm, I'm you know, having my, my quiet time, my prayer, my talking with God. And, and, and I, have to, I just kind of have to cry out to him and say, God, I don't know what it's going to take. Amen. But I recognize my failures. I recognize that I am a wretched man sometimes. <laughs> and I need you, God. Amen. I need your help. Yes. Yes. And we all need his help. Yes. But see, what we need to remember is that every time we're called on to trust Jesus' promises over our perception and the devil's deceptions, we reenact what happened in Eden. And every time we exercise trust in Jesus and we obey what he says, it's like us stepping up and just smacking the lying devil's mouth. Yes. 
It's like us just standing before him and saying, wow, shut your mouth, you liar. The next time you're, you're, you're tempted, I want you to get that image. That image of, of, of this little lying person standing in front of you trying to convince you to do something that you know is not good for you. And you just, you just reach over and just smack them upside the head and say, what are you thinking? Have you lost your mind? <laughs> Listen, let me just tell you, we don't need to understand the why to every command of God or be able to answer every objection or shadow of doubt cast upon God's word. We're never asked to do that. Nowhere in the scripture does it say, listen, before you do anything, I want you to make sure that you fully understand every aspect of what I'm asking you to do. It just says, have faith. Can you imagine Jesus walking on the water and, and Peter cries out and says, hey, I, I, I want to, I, call me out there. I want to do that too. And he said, come on. And Peter stood there and going, well, wait a minute, now let me look at this. Because, you know, the, the physical laws say that if I step on water, I'm going to sink. I'm trying to understand this. I can't wrap my mind around it. He'd have never got out of the boat. He'd have been like the others that stayed on the boat. But he said, hmm, obedience. Oh, yeah, and I know the rest of the story. I know that he, you know, had a moment where he, he started trying to figure out the, how is this happening? Go, 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 go. Jesus reached down and had to take him back to the boat. I get that. But see, that's that, that, that reaction in blind faith, just saying, listen, I don't have to know the, the how and the why and the what and the when and all yes. of these questions, uh, but I need to trust God yeah. and say, you know what, you asked me to do this, and I'm going to do it because I know that you make a way. Get back on. It'll be all right. Yes. You you at least you at least stepped out. Amen. Yes. Amen. We don't have to understand it all. We just need to trust God yes. and be obedient to Him. Amen. In fact, God is particularly glorified when, in the face of of, of temptation that may be trying to 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 disorient us and get us off track. We don't fully understand God's reason and we trust and obey Him anyway. We rest our reason on the reason of God. We're able to put aside our own logical thinking. You know, human beings, we think. Too much. Yes, yes we do. But we think, oh, we're such logical creatures and everything has to make sense. But yet all the things that we try to measure it up to seem to change on a daily basis. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, listen, if, if you're here and you're over 40, you go back and think about what they taught in schools about being scientifically proven. 
And now today they go, oh no, that's not the case. <laughs> Something as simple as, you know, as, 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 as nutrition things. Yes. You know, coffee's bad for you. No, coffee's not bad for you. Oh, yeah, it's bad for you. Well, a little bit's bad for you. They can't make up their minds. They don't know. But we try to we try to reason with our mind and go, oh, well, we're logical beings. Yes, we are, but we have limited knowledge. Limited wisdom. We need to stop trying to make everything work in this this limited capacity thinking of ours. And we need to trust God. Amen. See, trusting God is not easy. But it's not really complex either. The knowledge of good and evil is complex. But God hasn't asked us to, uh, to, you know, to, to go out and to, to order all of the knowledge of good and evil. No, he's addressed good and evil in his word and he says just obey my word Amen. Right, amen. just obey obey <laughs> obey my words love you pastor <laughs> thank you I appreciate it <laughs> how many of you here know what a Gordian knot is yes a Gordian knot, it's, it's meant to, it's, it's from, uh, you know, Roman mythology kind of, but it's, it's a knot that supposedly can't be undone. Yes. And there was a, the, the, the story that went along with it was that anybody that could unravel that knot was, was set to be the next ruler. And so Alexander the Great in this story, he went up and he began to work on this knot and work on it. And he, he, couldn't, uh, he, he couldn't unravel it. And finally, he just got frustrated and said, well, it doesn't matter whether I can unravel it. Watch this. He stepped back. He pulled his sword out. <laughs> he hit it. And he cut it in half. And it unraveled and fell over. <laughs> You know, sometimes yes. we need to treat some things kind of like Alexander did. We don't need to sit there and try to, you know, work on it and figure it out and try to get it all undone. We need to take the sword, the Word of God, and we just need to say, you know what? God said it. I'm going to do it. It's going to be all right. meant to sit there and, and, and fiddle around and waste our time with Gordian knots. God gave us a way that's better than man's way. That's right. It's through his knowledge, through his understanding, through his word. We're meant to trust God and when we do, it's going to bring great relief because that's going to bring us to a point to where we find contentment. Yes. Yes. When we truly begin to trust God, we're going to be able to look at our situations and say, doesn't matter. God said he's always going to provide for me. God's always going to care for me. God's always going to meet my needs. He's already said that I don't even have to ask him about those things because he knows my needs and he's a good father and he's going to provide for those needs. I, I never had to, as a, a kid, 
I never had to worry about whether I was going to wake up in the morning and, and my dad was going to go to work or if he was just going to say, forget it, I'm not going anymore and, and lay at home and get fired and then we'd have to worry about where, what we were going to eat and where we were going to live. Why? Because he was a good, a good dad. That's right. He got up every morning. He went to work. When work was over, he came back home. He wanted to be with his family. I don't know why we were messed up. <laughs> but he did. He wanted to be with us because he was a good dad. And listen, if, if, if him being just a man, a human being that's flawed like you and I, if he can be that way, how much more is God going to be that good dad for us? See, and there's a few things that that key will unlock in our life if we will just put this into practice. Yes. Let me just share some things. If we will use this key and unlock trusting and contentment, it's going to open up to us forgiving those who have sinned against us. That's right. Because that doesn't make sense. Yes. <laughs> it's going to open us... Up, uh, open us up to being able to turn away from sexual temptations. Right. I, I had someone, uh, someone that was, they weren't arguing. They were really trying to understand the the the, the reasoning behind why is it why is fornication and adultery wrong. Said, so, you know, that's a that's a natural human urge that God put within us. <laughs> You've taken it a little out of the ballpark there. Yes. Okay? Right. <laughs> but listen, if we begin to trust God, it opens up our understanding where we can just we can look at those things and go, no, oh, it opens up us to, uh, to us giving generous, generously to God and to kingdom needs. Sometimes even beyond our means. That's right. Because sometimes God will ask us to do more than, than, than what we look at and go, well, I, I don't have that right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe God you know, uh, puts it on your heart at some point to, you know, to give a pledge. And you say, well, I, I don't have it. It's a, this is a faith promise. God, you gave me this. You said this. You know, this amount, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust that you'll provide. Yes. That's what trusting in God will bring about in us sometimes. Right. It also brings about not allowing material abundance to choke out the word of God in us. Come on now. <laughs> to not putting things before the word of God. Yeah. Amen. It'll help us to rejoice even when we're facing some things that are sorrowful. Yes. It'll help us to, uh, excuse me, to be content even when we're experiencing want in our life. Mm. Mm. It'll give us boldness in the face of fearful threats. It'll give us joy while we're enduring afflictions and illness. Mm. It'll bring hope when all around, 
It seems like everything is falling apart and our very soul seems like it's just about to give way. But if we learn to trust God and learn to be content in Him, somehow it'll bring hope in the midst of that. It'll give us gracious patience. Sometimes the labors and the things that we labor in, it's like a, a a pressure, a weight that's just bearing down on us. But if we learn to trust God, we'll be able to keep walking and keep standing and know that God's going to get me through this and He'll give us that patience we need to be able to deal with it and say, all right, God, I'm taking one step at a time and that's all I can do. But I'm going to be all right. Amen. It'll... It'll give us the strength to bless those that persecute us. It'll give us strength that that will help us to overcome discouragement due to adversity and weakness. It'll also help us not to allow sin to reign over us or to condemn us. I've seen people that their lives have been absolutely almost destroyed by condemnation. Satan would come to them and tell them, oh yes, but God can't forgive you for that. He won't forgive you for that. Oh, I I know you went up and repented. I know you were baptized, but listen, that thing's not gone. He still remembers you did that. That's contrary to his word. Jesus said that he didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might have life. He did not come to bring death. He came to bring life. And if if you've repented of those sins, you need to let those things go. And when Satan tries to bring them up, smack. What are you talking about, you liar? My mom and I were talking the other day about how that it used to be such a horrible thing to call somebody a liar. And I agree. I don't think that we ought to be calling individuals liars. But I give you permission today to call the devil a liar. It's okay. Because scripture even says he's the father of all lies. So, you know, hey, listen, if, if, if all of those lies are birthed through him, I, I think he's pretty much a liar. Amen. So it's okay. You can call him a liar, smack him, and say, hey, stop it. The last thing is it'll give us strength to face every other fear and anxiety producing temptation that comes your way. Amen. You notice in the storm after Jesus calmed the storm, he said, peace, be still. He turned to the disciples and he said, why are you so fearful? And and sometimes I I know that that God looks down at me and says, Mark, why are you so fearful? And it's because I'm still working on on fully trusting God. And it's not something that just happens overnight. It's something that we develop within us. 
It's something that, that we learn through our relationship with Him. Amen. Just like, you know, like I said with my dad, I, I growing up, I saw that every day he would get up and go to work and he would come home and there was a, a, a check at the end of the week and that it was that just happened over and over and over and over again. And, and so I never had to worry, was my father going to provide for me? Why? Because I saw it over and over and over again. It's the same way with God. When we see the, the hand of God over and over and over again in our life, we develop that trust. We know, I, I don't have to worry about it. I, I don't have to worry about these things. I don't have to worry if, if God will really forgive sins or if, if God will deliver people or if God will bring changes in life or if God will heal people or if God will do miracles or any of the things that are promised there because so many times over and over and over and over again, God has proven <laughs> himself to be true. Amen. Stand with me. God promises to give us peace and to help us with commitment, contentment if we trust in him. I'll leave you with one passage of scripture here. Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. See, it's going to keep our mind, which is that, that knowledge center, we may not know it, we may not understand it, but he'll he'll, he'll get us past that. Yes. It may not it may not feel right, but it'll keep that that heart of ours, and it'll get us past that. His peace will lead us into a place where contentment and trust are not an issue. He really wants us to experience these things in increasing measure even right here where we are in this troubled world. So he's given us this simple key. Trust me. Amen. The key to contentment is trust God. Why don't we take a moment right now? We're still, we're still early today. Why don't we take a few minutes and just lift our hands and just let God know, Lord, I, I do trust you. You have proven to me. God, I, I know that I have needs. And why don't you lift those up? Prayer and supplication. Make your request known to God because God is a God that will meet your needs. If you're here today and you've not received salvation, He's promised that He will give that to you. Why don't you just go ahead right now and just begin to talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.